And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. And here we go. That is my man, Michael Goldberg, saying that all the time. But. You got to take a look. We got a big week coming. We have a ton of fights. We've got the UFC with their fight night. Marvin Vittori against Jared Cannonier. We have got Bellator with their incredible card in Chicago. Looking at Nemkov taking on Romero. And the matchup of Pettis versus Pitbull. Unbelievable. And the PFL will be in Atlanta. And they've got the big one with Maurice Green trying to take out last year's winner in the heavyweight division, Mr. Ante Dalia. Excuse me, I just said it wrong. My man, Josh, we got a lot to talk about, brother. You feeling okay? You got your yawns out? Uh, well, you know, with you guys, we it seems like you guys you guys get all the privilege around here. I mean, I have to get up privilege. And something in the morning and, you know, be wide awake and pretend like I'm functioning and do these things. Well, and you're never I functioning. Haven't, I haven't. I know I'm very rarely functioning <laughs> at the proper level, but, um, you know, I've been lagging a little bit, John, like these mornings yeah. for some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's cause it's coming up close to moving out of California or, or figuring things out. But for some reason, man, I just, I don't want to get up out of bed right now. It's, you know, I'm not I don't know, up. I, I go to the gym. I will tell you this. You things. got up and you put on a fantastic shirt. We didn't even talk. <laughs> we that didn't is even fantastic. Talk. We didn't even talk. I almost feel, I feel like, I don't know. It just feels like we're at a, at a, um, at a school like field trip where they all have matching shirts. So you don't get lost. Yep. 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 <laughs> we're going to hold the rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone hold their hands so you guys don't get lost. Okay, everyone have the same color shirts on. So that's the kid that that goes to our school. Anyways, um, <laughs> look, there's a lot of good fights going on this weekend, you know. But before we well, get into that, is. go to OnlyFans.com/slash Wayne is subscribe to us over there. We just did a couple fan questions off offline that we're going to be submitting over there for some people, and uh, those will go up on our OnlyFans. We take uh fan questions from OnlyFans. We uh answer those questions and we put them up on our OnlyFans uh for you guys uh, only. Only, 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 only. All right. So, John, I guess, look, there's a lot to talk about. We've got three cards. Got a little bit of news. And let's get right into it, man. UFC, ESPN, whatever, on ESPN or in the Vegas, Apex, so whatever it is. I mean, Apex. Can't we just say, is, is it 47 or is it like 248? No, no. What no, is no, it? No. no. What, what number is it? Is, it, it, is this it, USC, it, UFC it, on ESPN 47? It's Vegas seventy five. Jesus, <laughs> told you, man. You almost could take those numbers and yeah, right. yep, yeah, 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 almost. Oh. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's one. <laughs> all right, let's go. Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. I mean, this is a good fight, John. Really good fight. Yeah, it is. You take a look at it, and, and both guys. Both guys have a very similar style. Both guys like to stand up and bang. Both guys can take it to the ground, but normally don't, depending upon you know their opponents. Like you know, obviously against like Adesanya, Vittori wanted to take the fight to the ground, worked hard at it. Same thing with Cannonier. You know, he fought him, eh, would like to have taken him to the ground, really couldn't. You know, so both guys fight very, very similar in style. Both guys have good gas tanks. Both guys have good chins. Both guys have power in their hands. It's an even matchup. Yeah, Marvin Fattori is coming off of a win, correct, though? And Jaron Kennedy yeah. is coming off of a loss. But it was close. Yeah, who and did it he could have been a loss. Last? That was Delize. 
The lead say, yeah, that's right. I actually thought he lost. I, right. like, oh, I, thought, I thought Roman won that fight. And then Jared's coming off of his loss, correct? Oh, no, Str- no, no, no. He beat Sean Strickland. He beat Sean Strickland. That's correct. Which was also a very close fight, was it? Yeah, it was. It was a close so fight. I'm trying to recall. Yeah, so both of them coming off of close fights. Um, when uh, Delice, though, is someone who who is, uh, you know, gives a little bit of fear, has the aggressiveness, has the power, but in that fight, as I recall, it took him a little bit of a little while to get started in that fight. Marvin Vittori's got to get, he's got to get off quick and try to push the pace in the action against Jared Cannonier, but without getting knocked out. And I don't think, I don't think there should be any interest in him trying to get Jared Cannonier down because the, it's going to take a lot of energy to try to get him down and get to that top position. And, yep. and meanwhile, if you waste that energy trying to get him down, Jerry Cannonier, being who he was from when he was heavier to then 205 and then now to middleweight. What, what did he heavier understa- mean? What's that? <laughs> what did heavier mean? Uh, I mean, like, you know, just being he was carried a little bit more weight. I mean, he's so lean now. Oh, he looks fantastic. You know, he looks fantastic. I'm a little jealous, to be honest. I did and, his um, first fight in the UFC when he was at heavyweight. Yeah. He, he wasn't fat. No. You know, he looked good. He just, you know, you just look and you go, now, Jesus Christ. But to, for someone to get their weight down, for someone to lose a little bit of the muscle mass and also understand what it takes to push yourself to that level, to get the weight down, have the, um, to have the commitment to do it, it takes a lot. People just, don't, people don't realize it's, it's very difficult to go from one weight class down to the next. And then he's done two weight classes. Now he's at middleweight. And he understands what it takes to to put that extra work in, that to to eat a little bit cleaner, to do all the things it takes to become a champion. Which gets I, boring. What's that? Which gets boring. Oh, it does. It does. It and, does. But it's a repetitive thing on a daily basis. It's a re- very repetitive thing. You're eating the same boring shit. You're doing the same type of cardio. You're chick- mixing it up a tiny bit. Some days you swim. Some days you run. Some days you bike. But it's a it's a continuous thing to get that to keep that weight down. And to get to get it down and to keep it down, Marvin Vittori though I th- I'm going to see him standing on the feet. He's going to have to get on the inside to get away from uh, Cannoneer's long reach and his potential power, the big shot over the top. And uh, it's going to be kind of an interesting fight because will Marvin? I think Marvin's going to try to keep Cannoneer probably either pressed to the fence, dirty box him, grind on him, try to hang on him, do all those things. And I think Cannoneer's probably going to try to stand on that outside, thread a couple takedowns here and there. But I think he's going to try to hit him with the big shots from the outside. Who do you favor in this fight? Uh, you know, honestly, they're very even. If you look at both I of those, they are. Yeah, they're nineteen six and one and sixteen six and zero. I yeah. mean, so it's a very even fight. Who do you I favor? Mean, if you're going to have to pick one, which one is which guy are you leaning towards? Saying, ah. if I'm going to pick one, I got I got to say this. Mm. I, I'm going to probably go with Marvin Vittori. All right, then I'll go with Jared Cannon here. I like that. But what, I was going to well, go either why, way, either way you want it because yeah. Even. But which? Why would you? Okay, so you just went the opposite way that I did. I just went the opposite way. Yeah, I'm going to probably go with Marvin. Reason why I'm going to go with Marvin, and I know Jared. I know Jared's gone from heavyweight to middle or to light heavyweight to now middleweight. He, he's used to dealing with big people, but um, Marvin, like I said, when the Paul Costa thing happened, where he didn't, you know, or it was Paul? Yeah, when he gave up the weight, just didn't care. Had a great mm-hmm. fight. Um, yeah. I think he, I think he's kind of turned a little bit of a corner in that type of situation where he's just. I look at it like he just, he just doesn't. 
I, don't, I feel like he doesn't care. After his loss to Izzy, he cares, but it's like a little bit more intense. He's a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more. He feels like I feel like he just he can get it done. I don't know. I like Jared a lot. I think he has a little slight edge, but they're so evenly matched, John. It's hard to pick. Yeah, they absolutely are. And I think that, you know if, if I'm just gonna and I'm just taking the other side just to mm-hmm. say it, but when I look at Cannoneer and I look at Vittori, the one difference that I I don't think I think that Marvin does bully a lot of opponents because he is strong but he's not stronger than than cannon here and he's not going to be able to just utilize that yeah. and if he tries to it's going to backfire because he's going to get tired doing it the other part is if there's one thing that i've seen that causes marvin problems at times mm-hmm. is guys that have big power yeah he's great with guys that have volume and throw on him because he'll take the shots and walk through him did it with like hermanson all those different mm-hmm. guys he can't do that same thing with cannon so like you said this is a 50-50 fight. Both guys can win. Both guys are great fighters. I mm-hmm. I really look forward to watching it. No, I get it. I get it. Um, You know, but then the guy that's kind of got me feeling like he's about to make a really good run is Armand Sarukian, man. This kid, I'm looking forward to seeing him. You know, I feel like um, he's always in a very close fight. But then you look at, look at when he fought Gamrot, correct? Close mm-hmm. fight. Good fight. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Then when Gamrot fought uh, Dariush, Dariush was all over him, controlled the fight, controlled the scrambles, controlled the, the the striking, everything. And then look what Dariush got. Look how Charles Oliveira beat Dariush. Made it kind of look a little easy there, John. Does it... Do, I know we don't do MMA math. No. But when you look at it that way... It doesn't work. When you look at it that way, there's a threat by you know from Dar- from uh, Sarukian, and then there's also like you have guys like Gamrot, who's a, a fantastic wrestler as well. But I mean, against uh, Joaquim Silva, Silva is good. He's aggressive. He's got big shots. He's got good power. I mean, he, he's almost like the guy that like he does a little bit of this and comes at you hard. I mean, it's hard to really predict. Uh, but Armand is a fantastic wrestler. He's got great ground and pound. And uh, he seems like he's come a long way in just his last like three or four fights on how much he's grown uh, inside yeah. that cage. I'm gonna, I'm being honest. Joaquin Silva in this, Joaquin Silva's first loss in his career was to Vince Pichel, and it was a decision. But Vince Pichel took him down, and you know he's got a good ground game, but. It's not one of those ones that can't be stopped. It's not one of those ones where you look and you go, man, and Vince Pichel did a great job of that. And he's got two other losses in the UFC with it. But I look at Sarukian, a better wrestler than Vince Pichel, a much better wrestler. He may not be as physically uh, capable in that Pichel just keeps a pace. Great, great cardio. Big-time strength. I think Sarukian, big-time strength. I just look at that, and yes, I think Silva has has increased his abilities since then, but I look at it, and I think this is a tailor-made fight for Sarukian and yeah. his skill set. I think wrestling-wise, if he's smart, uses, use his, he's got good stand-up. Use that good stand-up to get himself into that takedown, get the takedown, do work, walk away with a big win. Yeah, I mean, look, Dave, pull up his uh, Sarukian's record, please. I mean, I don't know, he's 19-3. and three. Yeah, he's got okay. One loss to Gamrot, one loss to Makashev. Yep. And then who was the other one? It's way down at the beginning of his career. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I mean, he he's really good. I mean, like he's got over Frivola. 
um, over Aubin Mercier. He's got it over Joel Alvarez, uh, Giago. Oh, it's Giago or whatever. And then, I mean, he's he's really really Gallos. good. Christos Gallegos. You know, and so I look at I look at the, his two losses that, since being in the UFC. I mean, are to the current champion and someone who just fought, you know, um, the number one contender spot or number two contender spot, whatever it was, when he fought mm-hmm. Benil Dariush. You know, I mean, he's he's got to step up the level of competition. I don't know if Silva is that level and concerned, like with other guys, Ramos and Favola and other guys that he's fought as of recently. You know, he's right there. Silva's tough. He's going to give a little bit of a threat. I think with I think with uh, Saruki, he's got to be careful of the arm and guillotine. He's got to be careful with shoot the way he shoots when he gets the takedowns to avoid those type of submissions. Uh, but outside of that, and like you said, I don't know if Silva's submission game is good enough to finish him. But I mean, we yeah. everyone makes a mistake sometimes. Oh, you, if you, you make look, if you make mistakes, yeah. you can get submitted. But yep. if he, if he fights it the way he can and he controls the hips and just puts shots on him and just systematically wear him down. Mm-hmm. The fight's going to be going in his direction. Do you feel it? Do you feel like this is kind of one of those those fights to build him up to get him yeah. back into that running of the top uh, top five, top six, I top do. five? I you do. know, so with a good win, with a dominant win, being in the co-main event, you know, and they're like, "Hey, can you pull up the lightweight rankings, Dave?" Because I I really look at I think they're high on him. He's he's come through with them. He's never really. I don't think he's really ever complained. You know, I think he's uh he's if I look at him, he's what what number eight right now? Number eight. He has a loss to Gamrot. I mean, him and Fazee would be a fun fight. Oh yeah. You know, um, and and possibly even like a Michael Chandler. I know Michael's got the potential fight with uh Connor, if that thing ever happens. That but, ain't um happen. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean you get into this top you know, group of lightweights. I mean, he's got the loss to Gamrot, which puts him right behind him at number eight. So Gamrot's at number seven. Fazee would be a good fight. Uh, Chandler would be a good fight, but I know that's probably, you know, I don't know if the Connor and his fight's going to happen. Him and Dariush, even though Gamrot lost to him, I mean, you don't know. I mean, like, like we say, MMA math doesn't add up, but I mean, that might be another, a fight for them to potentially have on the Justin and the Dustin thing. The Justin and the Dustin. Yeah. They've been fighting. No, I love this fight. And we all love this fight. I think, yeah. you know, it's a fan favorite, but whoever wins that fight. Or whoever loses that fight, whoever wins that fight, do you see Armand maybe facing one of them? If he gets the win here, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's if he, if he gets a dominant win here, if he gets a dominant win here, he he's going to want to jump up into that realm. I do think that, like what you were saying, I think Fazeev is the closer one as far as he's got two steps to go. Yeah, instead of just that one giant leap, I do believe they're going to they're going to look and say we want two fights out of him put him in that contention because by then you would have had Oliveira fighting Makachev again if that mm-hmm. happens um there's you know the the Dustin versus uh Gaethje mm-hmm. fight has played out we know who wins that and things are going to adjust but I think that Sarukian is right in that position he's got two two fights to put himself into that title contention yeah well three fights actually if you take a look at it. yeah if you take a look at the Silver. title um there was a couple of things I wanted to clear up on, on the last show. I don't know, people got the impression, John, that I was saying that Charles didn't deserve a title shot after the performance with Benil, and I was like, no, 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 that's not what I was saying. I, I, I kind of I, I saw a I couple people. That. I got a couple people in the comments. No, what you I think maybe I kind of merged what you and I were talking about the show before about how you said if the Connor and Chandler fight happens, do you think they'll pick Connor to have the title shot? 
against Islam, or do you think they'll take Charles Oliveira to have the title shot against uh, Islam? And I think you are under the consensus that don't be surprised if Connor gets a win over Chandler, if they ever do fight, that they'll slide Connor in that title shot, given the history with Habib, given the history that, and obviously Islam would probably want that fight more so because it's more of a money fight than for Charles to get the title shot. Look, Charles is very well deserving. There's no doubt about it. I mean, like, if you look oh. at the, yeah, you look at what he's done in the lightweight division and the guys that he's fought, he's pretty much beat all the top five guys. Yeah, he's only had and, one bad fight. Yeah, exactly. And his fight against Makachev just wasn't a good performance for him. No, and, and I think he I think he understands that. I think he yeah. that settled his nerves, his dominant performance over Dariush. And there's no way, there's no way. He's one of my all time favorite fighters ever since he was in the in the featherweight division. I love watching Charles Oliveira fight. Just had that style and the confidence. I was like, this guy's so good on the ground. Why is he standing so much? Because he's good at it. He's back, good. That was back when he was in the featherweight division. Yeah. And then now being where he's at, of course he deserves a title shot. There's no doubt about him. He's already beaten Dustin. He's already beaten Justin. He's already beaten Benil. You know, he's already beaten Chandler. There's your top. That's your top five right there. He's beat them all. And, exactly. and not only has he beaten them all, but he's finished them. There you go. And so that's, that, that's another point. thing. Like, there's no one else. There's no one else ahead of him that deserves that title shot against Islam. I mean, then no. that's when you get into physique. Benio was into, the only one yep. that you could say if he got the win, he yeah. deserves it. He didn't get the win. Charles, Charles, freaking just took him out. Yeah. And in dominant fashion, and you look and you go, I don't care who you have. Charles Oliveira deserves that rematch with Islam Makhachev. Yeah, I mean the only the only and I'm like I said, I'm not saying this is gonna happen. We you were talking about we were yeah. talking about is that they could it's potentially try to sure. slide oh, yeah. Connor it's in. Yeah. And if you're Islam Makachev, who are you who do you want to fight? You've already beaten Charles, and if Connor is available, if he does get a win over Chandler, it would just it would I think it would make sense. You have Which a marketing easy. Which is the easier fight. Well, it, well, yeah, of course. No, I, no. I think Con I, Connor's the easier fight. Connor's the yeah. easier fight, but then on top of that, um, on top of that, there's just the UFC doesn't have to promote shit because it's, it's already all written for him. Oh, yeah. got the, it's the all the you're gonna bring back the bus thing. You're gonna bring oh back God, yeah. the. So you're gonna you're gonna see a bus over window the getting broken multiple times again. Yeah, and you're he, gonna and, see Habib Air Habib again. <laughs> they're gonna they're, they're gonna show Makachev in that bus because he was there oh, with yeah. him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, they're gonna show it all, you know, and they're gonna go right back to using that whole. They don't even have to write it anymore. They I was like, okay, this is exactly what I have to market this fight. The facial expression, you know, send location. Now you'll have you'll have Islam probably say the same thing. Send location, and it just yeah. it writes itself. It's I smash your boy. Yeah, smash your boy. <laughs> so, your um, boy. I mean, no, but no, I, I think outside of them pulling a little uh, that little switcheroo. I think that it obviously Charles Oliveira deserves the title shot. Oh, deserve? Absolutely. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt about who deserves the shot. Who gets the shot? Mm. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is to be uh, only answered by the UFC. So we'll figure it out. That's it. Uh, go back yeah. to the card there for us, Dave. So you also have the return of Pat Sabatini going against Lucas Almeida. Sabatini in his last fight, pull up Sabatini's record uh, record off. The, yeah, what, what, what was his win streak going into this last one? Oh, he was on one, two, three, four, five. Six. He was on a six-fight win streak when Damon Jackson took him out and took him out 
quickly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he got clipped. He got uh, just put into, you know, bad position. It says TKO, submission to punches. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Who the hell puts that kind of stupid ass finish? There is no such thing as submission to punches. Apparently oh there is, John. You should yeah, probably par- apparently where Dave goes to sure dog. <laughs> Jesus, that's horrible. You need to learn the rules. You don't think that's an official punches. You don't think that's an official thing? First off, I know it's not an official thing, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, fi- I'm gonna find it. Oh, I'm gonna find it elsewhere. Look at if you get finished by punches, and the referee stops it based upon. Here's your, here's your criteria. If you cannot intelligently defend yourself, meaning that your brain has been scrambled and you don't even understand how to successfully try to defend yourself, it is a KO. If you are not able to defend yourself and meaning that you know you putting your hands up you're trying to block shots but you're just not doing anything then it's a tko so tko anything with strikes okay there's no submission submission is a hold it's a catch what, what are you okay. looking for T- topology had it is grown and pound yeah um, that's why it's because it's a tko yeah, that's kind of weird submission to. It's just dumb. <laughs> to punches submission. Beautiful though. And, dude, beautiful. And, and Dave, I'm not blaming you. It's not your fault. I know it's. <laughs> it's, the thing. it's like, but I look at that. It's like, have we not thirty fucking years? You're telling me someone's gonna put that? Who the hell's <laughs> typing that in? It's the same dude. They got the same guy that's pushing the buttons on the damn uh, freaking punch stats. <laughs> this is John's best friend. <laughs> Yeah, must be. <laughs> your boy. He needs a job. Boy. He needs oh, a job. Man. Hey, if if being an analyst doesn't work, I guess I could try to get to that job. But Sabatini <laughs> is has definitely you know proved himself. He's a good fighter. Uh, coming out of Philadelphia with that camp with Sean Brady and stuff, the guy's got talent. He just got you know everything kind of just went against him. And Damon Jackson had the loss of his brother and was very emotional in it, but it worked mm-hmm. for him. And uh, I look at this. I expect a, a big return from Sabatini in this fight. Yeah, I think so too. I think he'll be aggressive. He's got fantastic cardio. He can push the pace, you know. And good um, wrestling, good striking. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, he's just got to get to the. I think if he's able to get the takedown, get to the top position, you know, slow Lucas down, whether it's on the feet Wait. or on the ground, control the tempo and kind of ha- hang on him. He's got to hang on because Lu- Lucas is, down. Lucas in the stand up is dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good. So it's not an easy fight. It's just that it's a fight where if you're looking at the style, Sabatini mm-hmm. has that wrestling and that grind that can give Almeida problems. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Should be a good fight. Uh, next fight. Manuel Torres against Nicholas Mota. Pretty even, actually. Yeah. Looking at the fight. It's, uh, it's a good, good matchup. I kind of like it. And I can't say it. Is this very similar to Cannoneer against freaking Vittori? It's a it's a tight fight. You know, I, I probably would give the uh the edge to Torres, but close. Yep, yep. And then next fight. 
Ronnie Barcelos against Miles Johns. That's a, that's an interesting fight. You know, Barcelos is coming off of the knockout loss to Nurmagomedov, mm-hmm. which was a big shot. But Barcelos is talented. Good wrestling. He's got good striking. He's fast. Miles John, tough. Uh, he's a gamer. He takes big shots. Comes after you. He's got good wrestling. He'll he'll stand and bang with you. I just not sure that he has the ability to get in on Barcelos the way that he needs to. It's a tough one. Yeah, Barcelos is good, man. And um, yeah. he's got good movement. He's got good striking. He can wrestle a little bit. Um, wrestle a lot. You know, but it, the thing with him, though, is that he is somebody that coming off a loss, are you the same person you were before the loss? And I, I yeah. always are you always, the same? You, you never know. You know, and then coming off of a loss of somebody that you know they're trying to build up. How does that make you feel? They kind of when you start when you start getting matched up against people that have, have that have a popular last name or somebody that you know the UFC is trying to like put up on a pedestal. It kind of makes you feel like, wait, you're you're really putting me to lose. You know, so how does that affect your confidence? What does that do for you inside the cage the next time you go there? It yeah. it kind of it kind of weighs on you a little bit. Like, man, I'm really just someone they look at like to to come in here and compete. And to win or to lose, but like against the people they want me to fight, you know, they're kind of picking me to lose. They'll let you know that they're not feeling like it makes you feel like you're you're not the marketable one. So it I don't know. I mean, I want to know mentally how he feels about the whole thing. And Miles John is just a dog, man. He's tough. He's good. He all is the way a tough around. guy. Yeah. Um look, I know because we've got a lot of cards to talk about. Is there any fights on the prelims here that you wanted to chat about? Yeah, I do. I, I will say that there's uh several fights, but Nicholas Dalby always brings it. He's fun to watch. He is a freaking Viking. He is crazy. He's got a karate style. And so does Salikov, who is the Kung Fu Panda from <laughs> Russia. He's, everyone looks at him as a wrestler. Dude, he's got big time spinning attacks. The guy's a great yeah. you know, striker. That's going to be an interesting battle. That's, that one's kind of fun. Salikov is explosive, and he brings it. Doesn't look the part, but is the part. Nope. You know, um, but you know what else? There's one person, another person on here who I thought was retiring was Zuma Gulov. But that yeah. guy just, he always brings it as well. He's just a fun fight to watch. He's he always comes forward, always throwing Tough crazy stuff. He can do everything. I thought he had announced like his retirement his last he fight. Did. But guess what? Yeah, guess I'm what? back. He's back. So good <laughs> stuff, man. Good stuff. Scroll down a little bit more there. Who's the first uh, two? Dun, dun, dun. Big heavyweight. Okay. Oh, Zach Paga is going to light, is a light heavyweight. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was thinking he was heavyweight. Mm-hmm. He was before. He's dieted it down. Dieted it down a little nice bit. Nice job. Hey, go to uh, OAFans.com slash Wayne. Subscribe to us over there for free. It is for free. Submit your fan questions available over there. And we are trying to, what John and I have been trying to do for the longest time, is we're trying to get men equally paid on OnlyFans, how women need to get equally paid across the job market. But no, okay. um, that's what we're trying to do. We are the first, very first podcast that they have ever worked with and sponsored. And uh, we're trying to bring more athletes to their platform to make a little extra cash. I mean, you're seeing it a lot lately. Um, you know, you've got uh, Kat Zagano is now on there. You've got Chris Cyborg is on there. AJ McKee's on there. Luke Rockhold's on there. So uh, check out your uh, your uh, favorite fighters that are on there. See what they have to offer, and uh, and not that way, buddy. Not that way. See what kind of <laughs> material that, that they're posting up. A lot of them are free, and sometimes they have sometimes they have extra content that they know that you guys might like. They may charge you like ninety nine cents. They may charge you a dollar, whatever it is. But 
Our platform over there is free. So make sure you guys join us at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. All right, let's jump into Bellator 297 in Chicago, which is a sold-out arena. Nemkov versus Yoel Romero. Dude, this is one of those, if there's anyone that you look at at the age of 45. I think he's that, 46 now. Is he 46 is he? now? I think What's he's 46. Let's look and see. The dude's yep. timeless. 46, yep. you're right. April 30th. April 30th, he turned. Unbelievable. 510. <laughs> I normally would tell you that, look, you know, no one, the guy is a freak. He's an athletic freak. He's physically strong. He's still got speed. He can do it all. But he's facing a guy that is really good. The champ is well-rounded. Uh, the one thing that I've seen out of Yoel uh, many times when he fights for the title, he doesn't fight intelligently. Like he, he's, and if you, especially if you've watched him in Bellator now, yeah, he has really fought except for his first fight <laughs> it's against Phil Davis. Yeah. Where he didn't even realize how many rounds it was. He uh he's really kind of brought back some of his wrestling and when he gets on the ground, Josh, he mm-hmm. destroys people. He just is phys- like I said, physically strong. They can't stop and hold on to him. He just muscles his way through things and just delivers big time shots. So you're looking at this fight Nemkov cannot end up on his back. He's got to stop the wrestling of Yoel Romero. He's got that ability. He, you know, look, he's he's good, you know, and, and he's he's a good defensive wrestler at, at times when he wants to be. He proved that against Corey Anderson when Corey shot how many takedown attempts? Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen, fifteen and zero in t- fifteen attempts, zero takedowns. You know, in their second meeting, you know. This is one of those ones you look and, you know, all the stuff kind of goes. This is like almost like a Rocky story, you know, with Yoel and that, you know, he's the underdog, he's the older guy, he's all this stuff, but he's facing someone that, man, he, it's an uphill battle. It is a big uphill battle. You know, he is facing someone in an uphill battle. But when I, and when he was with the UFC, I was so surprised on how he can make the weight. But then again, he's only 5'10". I'm like, how do you make the weight? But he killed himself to do it. And yeah. then when he came over to um, when he came over to Bellator, the conversation that he had with Coker was that, hey, with your name that you have and the amount of weight you cut, let's try to put you, because they're about to have the 205-pound tournament. Let's try to put you in the tournament. Yep. Have an opportunity to make a million dollars, plus we'll pay you a lot of money. You know, on top of that, for your purses, I think... I think that first fight with Phil Davis, I don't think he had put the weight on the way that he expected to to put the weight on. Plus, he also thought the the fight was five rounds and not three. And to answer and to go back to what you were talking about, he doesn't sometimes fight smart. Thinking that he had to fight another two more rounds, he didn't fight at a very fast pace in those first three rounds against Phil Davis. Super slow. Because I think always in his mind when he left the UFC, like the way you saw when he fought for the title those times, he fights very conserved he because he conservatively because he is older so do i think that he has a shot he absolutely has a shot in terms of with the power he's good on the feet he's explosive on the feet he can take shots um and when he gets on top of you you look at the guys that he has finished once he gets to the top position it's nasty 
But will yeah. he utilize his wrestling at all? I think if he can utilize his wrestling early in the first two rounds, um, <clears throat> he's able to get a takedown or two and control Nemkov from the bottom. Nemkov has a has a problem it, with with Yoel Romero is if he ends up on bottom, he can't be afford, he can't afford to be doing what he did to Ryan Bader, swinging for arm bars and and hanging out down there. No, your whole goal needs to be on getting up. You can't afford to be down there trying to hit a triangle on an arm Don't bar and, Kimura, and playing the guard game. No, you're not getting these type of things against him. And so um, what I like also, too, about Nemkov is that he's been in Chicago already, you know, over there training, I believe, since last week, early last week. So he likes him and Fedor and those guys. They all like to come two, three weeks beforehand and do their last little bit of training, you know, over there. And I wonder, did he, did he go to ATT at all this time? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. We'll so. have to talk to him at the fighter meetings. Yeah. I just, I think that, I think Yoel Romero, because you saw him in the Alex Polizzi fight, he looked enormous in that fight. And you, I think you when you look back at the Phil Davis fight, huh? You got to figure that where's Yoel from? I don't think, I don't think Nemkov went to ATT. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so. That is true. Um, but no, I think, um, but I want to see if, um, I want to see if uh, Yoel, if he looks as big and as good as he did in his Alex Polizzi fight. Now I know that I know that Alex big is difference. not the same level as, as Nemkov, but Nemkov has been known to get hit with some big shots when he fought Angliskis. Yeah. Uh, you know, he left himself open over the top of the jab. He got dropped and sat to his butt on that, and he came back and dominated the fight. But Yoel is somebody that he's explosive enough to drop you, jump on up, and follow up and land big shots. So he's got to be very cautious and careful, and and uh, it's going to be a fun fight, man. I think it's going to be a real fun fight. I just I get concerned. This is what I get concerned about, John. Is people will, if Yoel wins, uh, Nemkov was never that good. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and if oh, yeah. Nemkov wins, ah, uh, Yoel's old. Yeah, Yoel's old, and and I get it. I understand. I do get it. Yeah. yeah. All right, next All fight. Right. Let's go with the. This is a co-main event. They're not even saying it's co. Uh, what, what, what was it? dual main event? Excuse mm. me, because I said co. Sergio Pettis coming back into the bantamweight as far as he was the champion, is the champion. Injured his knee, had a complete uh, ACL replacement. He's back, but boy, they are putting him up against it as the double champ, both featherweight and lightweight champion at one time. Patricio Pitbull, Frede has decided, I want to be the triple champ. He's going after the triple C, mm -hmm. but triple C in belts. <laughs> and he's going after it big time, coming down to 135. Looks Looking at pictures of him and, and in his training stuff, yeah. I've never seen him look so good. But the way you look doesn't always equate to the way you will fight at that weight. We've seen it. We, you know, TJ Dillashaw looked all ripped and everything, and you saw what happened when he mm -hmm. went down. So he looks great. How's he going to handle that weight cut? How's he going to handle the speed of Pettis? Yeah, you know what's funny is that uh, John Fitch went through this thing where he was like doing this vegan thing, and he went on a run of losing fights. You know, it just your body needs certain stuff if you're going to be a competitive athlete. Hold on, see certain stuff. Certain types of food. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're the one that said stuff. You no, know, no. I mean, it just it needs to be fed properly. And thank you. 
I get nervous with uh, Patricio. Like, I was a little bit nervous for TJ, man. I was like, it's such a cut. Yep. Uh, but with Patricio, he understands where he's at. He's getting a little bit older. It's harder to keep that muscle on. He saw the writing on the wall. He's like, look, this will be probably my one opportunity, my one chance. And he's pretty much wiped out the 145-pound division. So what's the point? You know, everybody in that top five, top seven or whatever, he's already beat. And um, and uh, there's no reason for him not to to try this. This is a good opportunity. If he does win this, though, does he stay there and defend it one time? He you know, to. um, you think so? Has to. I mean, John, he doesn't have to do anything. Has, he has to. to do anything. Has to. <laughs> Look, he did um, not defend the lightweight title. Just you know, same as Connor didn't defend defend when he won the actual featherweight belt because mm-hmm. he had the the interim for a while. He didn't defend it when he won the lightweight. He didn't defend it. It mm-hmm. doesn't look good. Yeah, if you don't defend it, you got to defend it. I guess. I mean, like I look at the Chandler thing. I mean, he he gave up quite a bit of weight and then went up in weight and and you know made it look easy. I mean, he had yeah. a good movement. He landed a clean shot. I mean, jumped on him when he was down and landed another five or six unanswered blows. I mean, you know, I, I think, I mean, he did that right, basically just out of revenge. He needed, yes. he wanted that. Just, I'm, wait, so I'm I, waiting for the words. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, did it for revenge. Yeah. You know, yes, him doing did. this, he has nothing against Pettis. It's just something he wanted. He had set, he'd set goals for himself and yeah. for him to be considered one of the best. And, Man, I think I think this is going to be a fun fight. Sergio coming off the knee injury, but he's he's just a uh, Sergio has little tricks up his sleeve. We saw that um, against uh, Horiguchi. You know the head kicks, spinning back fist, knockout. I mean, those are things that uh, Patricio can't afford to rush in on. He's got to make sure he's uh, he stays tight with his game. I think the power. When I talked to him through text, uh, probably about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I said, "How do you feel? You know, how's your weight?" And uh, he goes, look, my power is still there. He's like, I thought maybe I would lose some power. He's like, no, my power is still there. He's like, I'm faster. So now the the next question will be is, okay, how do you feel like your chin is? You know, and you probably won't know that until you get the, that last five or six pounds off of you. And how fast are you able to rehydrate? How well are you able to rehydrate in those 24 hours? So those are things that that we won't know until he gets inside that cage. Look, at one at one point, he was having a hard time making 145. Yeah. Now, same thing with <clears throat> Jose Aldo. Same thing, though. You know, at one point, he was having a hard time making but Then all of a sudden, he's 135. So it could be that this has no effect on him. And he does look better. And he does look fast. He will not be faster than Pettis. He is not a faster athlete no. than Pettis. So that's not going to happen. You can say you're faster. I'm not saying that you're not. But we're talking such a low increase in percentage that you're, you're not going to be the faster fighter. Now, you you definitely should be the guy with more power. You've had that power in your hands. That doesn't go away. I see him having that power advantage, but you got to be able to touch the target to make mm-hmm. the power work. Yeah. This is, this is a fight a lot of people are just giving, giving to Patricio. When it's not a give give me fight, look, Sergio Pettis is the real deal. I, I, he's been the he's been the, the redheaded stepchild to his brother, yeah, for most of his career. And I'm not you know I'm not saying that in a, in a bad way against Anthony. Anthony fa- was a fantastic fighter, was a champion, but now it is 
Sergio's time. Sergio's the champion. Mm-hmm. And Sergio is the name in that family now as far as fighters, as far as, look at he's the guy that is, you know, running, you know, that business of being the champion. He's the guy. And he, yes, he had problems with Horaguchi, in my opinion, based upon Horaguchi being this the faster fighter. Yeah. And yet, it's the, it takes the one thing. But it was, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I got lucky. He did not get lucky. He did something that he's done in training for his entire career. He caught it at the right moment, and it worked. That just shows he's a smart fighter who's got a big tool bag who can sit there and, yeah, he can lose minutes in fights, but it doesn't mean that he's going to lose the fight. I think it's a great matchup. Yeah. I think this is an any this is a who's who. Anybody can win this fight. Well, I think this is why people are overlooking Sergio Pettis when it comes to this fight. Is that when you're someone like Patricio and you have the accolades that you've had, almost every fight except for one, he's been able to redeem his loss. Yep. So that 35 and what 35 and five, four of the you know four of those five losses, he's been able to redeem. And come back, he's won. Yeah. That being said, the reason why when I look at this fight, <clears throat> I would lean towards Patricio is that Patricio understands, and I've trained with him and grappled with him, and I know how good he is on the ground, is that there's not really a submission threat from Pettis. So if he's able to get the takedown, he'll be able to control that top position. He'll be able to threaten, you know, whether it's uh, the army guillotines or whether it's getting to the top position and doing ground and pound or getting to the half guard and elbowing. That's something that he never really did a whole lot of at the featherweight division because everyone was so much bigger than him. Now he's fighting someone his size, like in height wise and bought, yeah. you know, similar, similar Absolutely. build, that kind of thing. He's going to have an opportunity to take this fight to the ground, control that top position, do some work. And if did you, you see head the head game, there, <clears throat> the head game, did you see the head game he's playing? No. What did he do? Did you see one of his coaches in camp? Mm-mm. Ooh. No. Who is it? Alex Albertson? <laughs> Eric Albertson. <laughs> Albarasine, Albarasine, no, not the captain. No, who? Da- Daniel Vanderlei, who who has been the grappling coach for Sergio Pettis throughout his oh, career. Oh wow, Daniel mm, Vanderlei, who was the guy that taught the Pettis brothers how to grapple. Mm. <clears throat> then Rufus Sports switched and basically went to Lovato Jr. and Patricio had Daniel Vanderlei in his camp for mm. this fight. Well, I saw he was working with little head games, baby. Yeah, but he was also working with Henry a little bit. So he's working. It seems like he's working on his wrestling, obviously working on his grappling. Um, But like I said, he's known for being the stand up guy. But when you think about it, he the the advantage would be for him to take him down and control the top position, threaten the threaten getting on your neck every time you try to get up. Because when he when you go back and you watch Pettis's fight with Juan Archuleta. Every time he got taken down, he started putting his back to the fence and kind of getting his head up high, you know, and against the fence. So that right there, if, if Pettis is able, not Pettis, but Patricio is able to get, push his head into the hole, <clears throat> jump to the arm and guillotine, he's got one of the best in the game, if not the best arm and guillotine in the, in, in yeah. the fight game. It's outstanding. So when you look at where he, where he needs to succeed in this fight, I could see it being the wrestling and the grappling. And, of course, the stand-up's there. It's always there. But well, you, you got to look if you're if you're a coach for him, Josh. Where are you going to look and say, "Hey, this is where we truly have an advantage." It would yeah. be on the ground. Who's the, who have been the fighters that have given Patricio, excuse me, Sergio, problems throughout his career? 
mm-hmm. guys that can out grapple him. But do you, but do you you here? I agree with you on that. But you can't afford to to expend all that energy trying to get that takedown. Like we were talking about with um, uh, Vittori and Cannoneer, they, neither yep. one of them can afford to waste so much energy trying to get the takedown because if you don't get it, now you're just a sitting duck. And Patricio, he's been known for his power. He's been known that he's got good wrestling. He's got great submissions. But he also has been known to carry a little bit too much muscle and tend to slow down as the fight goes on when he fought Emmanuel Sanchez the first time. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I I beat you up for three rounds, and then Emmanuel started coming back in rounds four and five. He fought a little bit slower pace because he always had that threat of knocking people out. So people were afraid to jump in, lunge in, and and stand too much. Well, Emmanuel had a great chin, and guess who guess who Sergio's training partner is? Yep. You know, Emmanuel Sanchez. So they know very well on how they've trained for him before. They know how to try to beat him. They haven't been able to beat him yet, but they know how they know, they know where they've had success. And where they could try to try to go with it again. That's right. So I look I look for Patricio to utilize the wrestling, try to take the, the opportunities to get the takedowns at moments, but he can't afford to just be down there hanging out on the legs against the fence, which has never been his style, but you just no. can't afford to waste your energy trying to get those takedowns. Yep. And the fight that's kind of getting lost in the shuffle on this on this <laughs> totally lost is the Corey Anderson and Phil Davis fight. I think it's gonna be a, a pretty damn good fight. It's a great you talk about matchup of styles. Both guys have lived off of wrestling as far as that's how they got into the career. And then both guys have become stand up guys wanting to, you know, throw and have power and, and knock people out. Phil Davis, you know, if you're gonna look at pure credentials, yes, he has the better credentials if you're gonna say in the wrestling game. He won an NC two A division one title, but their wrestling is basically canceling each other out mm-hmm. when you look at Corey anderson Corey anderson it's got a gas tank now phil's got a good gas tank too but this is only three rounds how fast are they going to come out in this is the question i think it's going to be barn burner well i look at i look at phil davis's history of guys that he's fought and he's fought linton vassell linton vassell's tall Got a pretty damn good build. Now he's fighting heavyweight. <clears throat> not and near as fast as Corey. Not near as fast as Corey Anderson, but the ability to stuff takedowns, Corey has that. Phil Davis can wrestle. Phil Davis will. I think he will try to threaten a couple takedowns. He'll try to catch him off the exchange. But I think Phil Davis is the better wrestler. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be able to get the takedowns, but nope. I think the way that Phil wrestles will be key. He can't afford to, <clears throat> he can't afford to do what he did against Brian Bader where he shoots, and when he doesn't get it, he gives up on it. He's going to have to wrestle him a little bit more um, a little bit more aggressively. He shoots in on the takedown, chain wrestle a little bit more, get to those takedowns. Uh, Phil Davis, though, on the feet, too, is very underrated. You know, and yeah. I think with the with Phil, staying long. Don't think that Phil won't try to throw that head kick because you saw it against Linton Vassell. Phil's, Phil's got good kicks. Yeah, he's and got he good kicks. bring it up high well. Yep, on the calf kicks, on the leg kicks. Now, where Phil's good with kicks... He also is horrible at checking. So he's <laughs> and we've seen with Corey Anderson, he's been he's been coming along with the leg kicks a little bit. But both of them that can get in trouble with that because the the leg is there to be caught. And once you get stuck on the bottom, either one of these guys, Mr. Ground and Pound himself, Corey Anderson, he's not easy to get out from underneath. And no. Phil Davis is a fantastic grappler, but Phil Davis um Needs to kind of have a very similar game plan. He's got to be able to be on top. 
Corey Anderson's got to be able to be on top. Do they yep. end up canceling each other out and being like, you know what, screw it, it's just too much energy? But I think both of them are going to try. Both of them are going to try to wrestle, and both of them are going to try to get to that top position because that's a way easier fight once you are able to get them down. Yeah, but it is. this is what, again, you're taking a look at <clears throat> looking at both guys in the matchup. It's a pick em fight. I mean, yeah. even even right across the board. It's it's both these guys. Great wrestling, really good stand-up. Both have good chins. Both have good gas tanks. I'll give the gas tank a little bit to Corey, mm-hmm. but as the fight goes on, this is one of those ones. It's like, well, who's just who gets the, the better shots in? It's going to be lucky. John, like, okay, we've already kind of talked about the heavyweight portion, but Sergio Pettis and Patricio, and then Corey uh, Anderson and Phil Davis. Give, give me the winners of each one of those. Ah, uh, you put me on the me. spot for the UFC card, so I'm doing. Well, it to you I now, did buddy. because it was a UFC card. <laughs> I can't say that on this one. It's no. wrong. I'm actually commenting oh, no. this. I can't do that. No, no, that's no. Wrong. I can't do Look at this. John it's doing the back. He's doing the cat. That's why. Packs, that's like why. That's why I did it with the UFC. You can do that. You can do it on the UFC mm-hmm. with me. Oh no. Yeah, a, I can't do that. Jeez, man. Jeez. Can't. Excuses. Not right. Excuses. It's okay. You go give it. I can't, man. I can't do it. It's against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pick a winner. All right, the next fight, man. Uh, Daniel James coming off of a nasty knockout down at Pachanga. And you've got against, uh, how do you say his name? Gokhan Sarakam. Gokhan Sarasham. Sarasham. I thought it was Sarakam. Okay. Sarasham. All right, but hey, this Daniel James is a huge, huge man. He huge. Is a big dude. Is he He's what six six eight six 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 eight six six six, six, six. six, six. but yeah. just enormous man. Uh, the yeah. first time I met him, um, we shook hands and his hand went all the way around my hand. It was like I felt like I was sh- shaking a little kid. I was, my hand was <laughs> well. You don't like have a the little kid's hand. I don't is, have man. the biggest hands either. Uh, but um, so you have someone who is he's got good stand up. He's got big power. He's got good yep. wrestling. Yeah, Do you think Daniel James is gonna wrestle? I think he's smart if he does. I think he needs to put Sarachov against the cage, lean on him, make him carry all that way because like, he, he's going to weigh in at 265, 266, since so it's not a championship fight, and he's going to come in at 286. He'll be somewhere. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to tell you, oh, no, I'll only be like 270. He'll be somewhere in the 280s by the time that fight. Sarachov is not going to be even close to that. He's going to be a good, let's say, 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. Less than Daniel James. Sarchum's got good speed in his hands. He's got good stand up. His real nemesis mm-hmm. is guys that can wrestle and put weight on him and make him have to carry that weight and slow him down from his stand up game. If this is a boxing match, I'm going to go Sarchum. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not as big, but he's got fast hands. He's got good power. You know, I think Daniel James probably hits a little bit harder, but it doesn't matter because, you, again, you got to put those shots on, and I'm going to go with the speed going to Sarchum. But Daniel James, you know, and watching him when he fought in ACB and ACA, he learned, hey, I can take people down when I want. I get them tired. I take them down. And when I take you down, I am like, you know, I say Derek Lewis in I am a ground-and-pound monster. I hit you with shots that you cannot survive. And yeah. that's where I think he gets the win in this fight on the ground. Wait, did you just pick a winner? No, I'm just saying, if he's going to win, that's where he gets the win is on wow. the ground. Wow, wow. Sarachum gets the win keeping it on the feet. 
Um, you know, I would have to, I would agree with you. Um, the only part that I think a lot of it has to do with how long the fight takes. If Daniel James can get a takedown in the first round, it makes it a hard fight for Sarkom to get back up to his feet. And then in that second round, Sarkom will be the same fighter. And Dale James has proven that he's got a little bit of that grit in him, but when he touches people, they go to sleep. When he fought Tyrell Fortune, he beat the crap out of him with his shots, man. Just hit him, boom, with that shot, dropped him, uh, followed up. Uppercut. Yeah, and just just a nasty, nasty shot. And then and he, uh, was lo- he was losing yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, Marcelo Gohm. He was yeah. losing that fight. It his was leg close, was getting, though, John. His leg was getting eaten up, dude. Yeah, he was having was, a hard time starting to move. And that's the other thing, too. When Marcelo Gohm was able to t- tear up the leg, Sarkom's got good kicks, and he's faster than Marcelo Gohm. So yep. if, he, if, he's, if he lends the kicks, he's got the good jab, the long jab. I mean, he can keep on the outside. But yep. Daniel James has proven that, like, hey, he'll bite down on his mouthpiece and just get after it. I mean, that last, in that last fight against Gohm, he really just like, you know what? Screw it. Let me just get out there, try to get yep. this thing done. And he yeah. did. You know, he was able to land the shots, put him to sleep. It was a nasty, nasty knockout. I mean, and also, you can never underestimate the crowd. And I don't have the crowd in his hand. Yes. I mean, I we talk about we talk about the the Irish crowds, you know, and when certain fighters walk out, how they just erupt and they sing the songs along with them and this and that. But this is this is a different crowd for Dale James when he walks out. It's they all know him. They all know Daniel, who he Daniel is. Daniel James they, in Chicago, yeah, is a rock star. He's a huge rock star. It's crazy. He was the he was the uh, bodyguard for this guy named Twista, the rapper. Yep, yep. You know, and uh, and then he's kind of built his legacy up in there in, in Chicago, and he's done a lot of work with the youth there locally. And so he's just somebody that I think the community has got behind, and they have come out in full swing. To watch him fight, it's gonna be this gonna be a great fight, man. It's gonna be a really good fight. So, I think someone's gonna get finished in that three rounds, though, John. I, I agree. I think someone's gonna get finished. I agree. You know, Dale James's last fight, he had to conserve some energy because he was a five round fight. That's <laughs> <He> true. Was, <laughs> it's so like, oh, five rounds. Woo. Like I said about the UFC card, we're not gonna talk about all the prelims, but give me a couple on here that you wanted to shine some light on. All right, if people are gonna watch, I'm not. I'm gonna go past somebody. Uh, Mike, Mike Hamill is always fun to watch and Nikaev is a great fighter so that's going to be a great matchup they never give Mike Hamill an easy fight Norbert Novigny Jr. everyone needs to watch this young man he is an up and coming star this guy's got talent same with Archie Colgan against Emmanuel Sanchez that's a fantastic matchup yep. and then the last one I'm going to say is Tamur yep. Kiziev against Richie Smolens Smolens a grappling master Tamur coming out of Dagestan, everyone's going to say grappling. He loves to stand on his feet also, though, and throw. He's fun to watch. Yeah, Damn. I'm a big, I'm a, you know, my old training partner is Gatsi, Gatsi Robotanov. So him, I'm going to give him a little love, man, because he's got, he's, uh, he's been doing really well. Looking forward to That's seeing how he fight. does. Yeah. That's a tough fight. Peter Voice is good in the stand-up. And then when and I look Robotinov at other. likes to stand. I have to go back with what you were talking about with uh, Norvenia Jr., man. He's a young kid, came off when he was like 20 years old, coming off of a knee injury, was having success, took almost two years off, comes back. He's healthy now, coming off of a win, still young. He's got a bright future. He's 6-0, and looking forward to watching him fight. Archie Colgan is just really coming to his own. He's known as wrestler, but he's got good power. And he's someone that, you know, he's down there in the Fort Worth area there with Kyle Crusher now. They're at, uh, what's it called, uh, 
Fortis. Uh, Fortis MMA. So they, they've got a good group of people down there getting after it. And this is a big step up in competition for him against Emmanuel Sanchez. Yes. Someone they can put it all together. He's got a submission threat. He's good on the feet. Really good kickboxer. And just a crafty veteran. And then I go down to, like you said, to more, to more, uh, Kizirev. Like just a young kid, but a dog. He's explosive, got good wrestling, and it's going to be a fun, fun fight against someone like Richie Smolens who can take a ton of damage but can fight you anywhere. These are the type of step up, step ups in competitions if you're trying to build young stars that both of these all these fighters need. You got Norvenia Jr. fighting a tough fighter, Ultra Kogan fighting a tough fighter, and Tamor Kizriev fighting a tough fighter. Those are fighters to look out for that are on the prelims. Take a look at them when you guys can watch them. You guys can watch them on the Bellator YouTube. So check that out. out. This Friday night is going to be this card. All right. Yeah, when you watch that, hold on. When you watch that, it will be you and I working together. Just you and I. Yeah, it was supposed Hello. to be you and I uh, hosting the press conference too, but we got uh, we got taken off of it because. Because <laughs> why? <sighs> no freaking clue, man. <laughs> <laughs> Drives All me right. crazy. All right. PFL. We also have the PFL from Atlanta, Georgia. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Tell us about it. <laughs> uh, it's mostly heavyweight and f female featherweight. So mm -hmm. uh, you got one lightweight fight on there, and Big John will tell you why. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you got heavyweight and female featherweight all the way down it. All right. Yeah, you Let me have it. The main event is a good main event. Maurice Green is a good, solid mm -hmm. stand-up fighter. His his wrestling has gotten better. Uh, he gets up off of you know his back. He doesn't he doesn't lay in guard. He tries to get to his feet. Um, he's he's a good solid fighter. He's going against the guy who won the PFL tournament last year in Ante Delia. Ante Delia is good. You know people don't give him enough credit. He's a he's a solid heavyweight fighter. He's got power in his hands. He can grapple. He can stand. He likes to stand. I think he's going to stand with Maurice and he's going to try to out punch Maurice. Maurice is more of the technician. Uh, while Dalia, he's got power in his hand. He's going to try to punch a hole in his head. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think Dalia is going to be aggressive. <clears throat> he's going to try to make Maurice fight an uncomfortable fight. Look, when you have a technician on the feet, like Maurice, he's got good stand-up. He uses, utilizes his kicks, but they sometimes don't handle the pressure very well. They need that space to operate when they're a technician. And that's kind of Maurice's thing. He needs to have, he needs to feel comfortable. He can he have his well back his foot against, right. he can have his back foot against the fence, but he still needs the space. And so he's going to have to keep his jab. He's going to have to keep his combinations, all those things in front of Delia's face to keep him at bay. But if he can't do that and, and Delia makes it like a grimy, dirty fight where he comes out and he's just fluttering him with big shots, it's going to make it hard for Maurice Green. Did but I think it's going to be a good fight. Him? Yeah, he's gonna Did flutter. Did you say fluttering? Some of that bah, 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 bah. fluttering, like little <laughs> flutter kicks. Flutter. You know, bah, 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 bah. you know, that's they call them flutter kicks, right? When you're swimming. Yeah, there, there is flutter. <clears throat> the flutter kick is swimming. Yeah, I've never heard flutter him in fighting, but I'm gonna use it now. Amazing. Good Ever job. since I'm coming up with new terms since we joined the up fans. all the time. Hindsight's <laughs> fifty fifty. Oh, it's like fluttering, fluffing, whatever. Same thing. Right? Oh, now you're a fluffer. <laughs> I know you're a fluffer. <laughs> Going back to only fans. Oh man, <laughs> this this is. I would have to agree with you, John. This is a fantastic main event. It should I be think a it's good a great fight. One. I really it do. Should be I a think good fight. Really a good fight. You know, it's. I don't think Maurice Green gets enough credit for how good he really is because yeah, he is a good fighter and he's come from a kickboxing background and you know making it into MMA is not easy. Based upon all the, everyone trying to take him down, well, now he's gotten to the point where 
he's difficult to take down. And in the stand-up, like you said, if he's at range, he just picks people apart. I agree. So. Next fight. <clears throat> we got Larissa Pacheco, the featherweight, well, actually it was lightweight champion from last year, coming in against Amber LeBrock. Pacheco had her first fight in this tournament format at featherweight against Julia Budd. She came away with a decision win. Amber LeBrock had a first-round knockout, and Larissa Pacheco is going to walk through Amber LeBrock. Sorry. You think so? Yes. <clears throat> huh. I wonder. I mean, I, no, no, I, I would have to. I'm I like agreeing. Amber, and I, I'm and I love the school you. she comes from. But I, I'm Larissa Pacheco you. is that type of fighter. That Amber, Amber needs space, too. Yeah, she needs to fight out at range, and Pacheco's not going to allow her to do that. She's going to walk into her. This is going to be a t- you know Amber looked great in her first uh, you know round fight and got that knockout. It was a big knockout, and I guess I think it was against uh, Jindarova. Mm-hmm. But this is one you know they kind of switched uh, opponents from that because Pacheco had fought Bud. Now Bud's fighting Jindarova, but look. There's levels, and Larissa Pacheco's at that level that Amber LeBrock has never been able to get through before. Yeah, this is going to be where Pacheco just can kind of make her run, continue to keep making her million dollars. She's on a she's on a high right now, and then Amber LeBrock, yeah. she like you said, she needs space. She needs space to utilize those long limbs. She's got good kicks. She's got a good jab. She's ha- she's got to fight you long. You yep. fight her on the inside. She's good with knees, but once she gets taken down, she's a little bit lost. <clears throat> you know, she's got she's got decent movement. She doesn't take a ton of damage from the top, but she's just someone that needs to focus on getting back up to the feet and creating the space. But Pacheco's not one of those people that's going to give you a whole lot of space. She's got big power, and she's pretty damn good when she gets to the top position. So I think uh, Pacheco, I don't think she, I don't know if she's going to walk through her, but she will. She will end up beating her. She will end up beating her. Lot Rock's tough. She can her. take some damage. She's going to walk through her. Just All right, now, now, John, you you have a little I know, inside that's not scoop. Nice. No, it's not nice. Not nice. Uh, wait, are you predicting a winner? Is that what you're doing? No, on that one, I will. Yeah, Pacheco. Um, there's a lightweight fight on here. All, both these fighters are o o and o. Yeah, well, look, you've got and you, the PFL has done this a couple of times with Biagio Ali Walsh. Like he's the grandson of Muhammad Ali. They had him almost in these positions as an amateur in the middle of their show they would do an amateur fight with Ali Walsh, who comes out of Las Vegas, you know, student at, he was a student at uh, Bishop Gorman, good football player there. He's a good athlete and he's, he's a good young fighter. He's got holes in his game. He's got to, you know, close up, but that's part of being a young fighter. And, you know, that's what he was using all that amateur for his amateur record. I want to say was three and one, Hmm. um, they're going to start him off as a professional here. Trust me, they're not going to put him against somebody that they believe has any chance of beating him. Mm-hmm. They're trying to use him and his name to create something. I understand it. Go ahead. But that's why this fight at O and O and O and O and O and O is up that high on this card as their number 10 fight. It's because of Ali Walsh being the grandson of Muhammad Ali. <clears throat> All right, next fight. Aspen Ladd taking on Carolina Sobek. This is, I don't think Sobek has enough experience. 
This is going to be a tough one in that, you know, we've seen Aspen Ladd fight really well. We've seen her fight, eh. You know, sometimes it just takes her a while to get going. But in this one right here, I think she's going to come out and she's going to really put the pressure on Sobek. How does Sobek deal with that pressure? And, and when you're four and one, it's tough to get out of, you know, all of a sudden someone's doing something that you can't seem to stop what they're doing. And you don't really have that, you know, experience to figure out ways of shutting it down. Yeah. This is going to be a tough, tough fight for Sobek. I, th I think Aspen Ladd's going to take this pretty easy. Yeah, I think so. If if she shows up, if Aspen Ladd shows up at all, I think she has a pretty dominant performance. I don't want to say walks through her because, you know, I'm not disrespectful That's just like not that. nice. Yeah, I'm not disrespectful. But like it that. is on. <laughs> uh, but no, Aspen Ladd is. And she she is. Fought a lot of top level females. She when she does come to fight, she's dangerous. She's she's well rounded. She's got good stand up. It's not great, but it's decent. She got a good grappling game. So she just got to implement all the tools that she has. If she can do that, she can. I think she can walk walk through uh, Sobek. Um, next fights. Ah, uh, we got Heenan Fahey against Matea Scheffel. This is the fight. This is important for the PFL. I think this is a fight they. Sheffield went to the finals last year. He lost to uh, Dalia, but Fahea is the guy that they want. Hmm. Heenan Fahea is the guy that they, like they want this guy to be somebody. He's six foot eight. You know, he's got a great look. He's he's good, mm -hmm. and he's he's good in the stand up, where which is where you know Mateus is good at also, and that's where this fight's probably going to play out. But I'm not sure that Fahea is good enough to beat, you know, their top uh, heavyweights. I'm not. I'm not sure he's ever going to beat Dalia, and he's definitely not going to beat Ingano. So, but this is a fight that I think the PFL they want. He mm. to win. The question is, will he? I think Shuffles. He's got a little bit too much experience <clears throat> uh, fighting in those big situations, and uh, I think he he's got power. He's got he's got a good all around game. So. Uh, Fahad might be, <clears throat> he might be getting pushed by the PFL, but I'm looking at uh, Sheffield to probably get this thing done. Yeah, you know. Then we have Dennis Goltsoff against Jorgen DeCastro. That's big time power. I love, I love Jorgen DeCastro. Jorgen DeCastro yep. just walks forward and wings howitzers at you. He just throws missiles, you know, until he gets a little tired, then he slows down. But look, Goltsoff's got. He's got good stand-up. He's very, very well-skilled in the stand-up game. So, you know, Jorgen's got to be a little bit more under control when he's going to try to unleash that power. Yeah. I, th I think Jorgen, in the first round and a half, two rounds, like he's going to just yep. let it all hang out, and normally he if ends up If it doesn't go the well there, then hello for Goldsoff. Yep, yep. Yeah. Right, well, Anything hey, that's else gonna, on here? Yeah, that's pretty much it, you know? I think Julia Buzz got to really come through. She's got a, you know, she's having some, just hasn't been looking super great. I don't know if it's the age or if it's. Well, she's getting older. You know, she is getting she's older. Now, she's right? getting older. She, I think she's 41. Oof. I think she's 41. Yeah. That's, that's so, good enough. <clears throat> how old is she? 39. She's 39. 39. Uh, See? Put two uh, years on her way to go. Yeah. July 4th. She turns. So <sighs> she's 40. July 4th, man. Can you imagine being born on 4th July? 
man, your, your parents. People set off fireworks for your birthday yeah. and everything. Every year. You're like, so yeah. important. You're so important. That's it's all right. for me. The That's country right, is man. celebrating my birth. Thank you. <laughs> the country's celebrating my birth. This is That's great. That's awesome. That's going to wrap up our PFL talk. And uh, what what is that Friday night as well? Yes, both Friday night. Both Friday night. Interesting. All right. Well, I guess fans have a choice to make. They're going to have to choose Bellator's card or the PFL's card. So this should be fun. It should be fun. All right. Well, what else we got here there for us? You got a little bit of beef going on, huh? Yeah, we got a little bit of beef. beef. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I just found this one kind of interesting uh, as his comments here on on a potential John Jones fight um, and wanted to get you guys take on the fantasy fight that could be um as he was as he was interviewed yesterday or on monday and said uh we've beefed i don't like john jones he doesn't like me but we respect each other's skills i was a fan before i was even in the ufc he was the youngest ufc champion did great things i followed his career then he called me out i was like what the f uh, what did i do to you i went back at him and we went back and forth for a little bit on twitter which was fun but the story's not over so is he Given the impression that we could see a fight but with Jones. The but the story is not over. Josh, the story's over. Yeah. Izzy needs to stay away from that. <laughs> he needs to stay far, far away from that. And I, I, got, I got a lot of love for, for Izzy. I think he's a fantastic fighter. He is. Um, You know, <clears throat> and he's he's grown a lot, even since his loss to, um, to Jan Blachowicz. You know, I... He has all this. He has the ability. Like he can stuff takedowns. I know he wasn't able to really do it a whole lot against Jan, but man, he's he's a good anti wrestler. He's got quick hands. He's got power. When you talk to Jan, Jan goes to the same thing. He's like, I didn't expect him to hit that hard. He hits hard, and so that threw off Jan a little bit too. But John is proven time and time again. He's at a different level, and also too going up to heavyweight. I just don't see it happening. I don't think there's any reason to make that fight happen. And um, it just, I like, I think it's over. I agree with you, John. It's over. Yeah, you, I mean, you could you could keep the beef going if you want, but it's not going to lead to anything. Yeah, because look, John's not coming back down to two hundred five. Mm. It's it would take him a long time to do that to do it right. And so, Izzy's not going to be able to go to heavyweight. He doesn't. You know, he's got a he's got a long frame, but it's not a heavy frame. And so, you know, hey, they're both great fighters. If there's, if you're going to look at the person that's a terrible matchup for Israel Adesanya, you're looking at John Jones. Mm-hmm. Israel, when you watch him fight, he does really well, especially when he has the length advantage. Guess what? He doesn't have the length advantage. He doesn't have the height advantage. He doesn't have the length advantage. He doesn't have the ability to push jones around jones would just march him down take him down and do exactly what he did to cyril gone because he's just got that level and uh and it's not that's that's taking nothing away from israel israel is i believe a phenomenal fighter i you know obviously his stand-up is fucking top of the food chain but his ground's actually gotten good too he's not bad there you know people don't give him credit and think oh you know just take him down you'll beat him no his his defensive wrestling is really good he can be a you know a submission guy. He can threaten people. Yeah, I mean, ask Logan Paul. He's getting submitted. Ah, Logan go. Paul left and right. There you go. There you go. But <laughs> look at there's certain things that you just don't go towards. And and John Jones is is a guy 
don't even look in his direction, man. You, you can beef with him all you want. Just never sign a contract to fight him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying Israel is, is afraid of him or anything like that. No. I, personally, I think it's a, a bad matchup for Israel. The UFC would never do this. No, I don't think so. There's, there's no it'd reason be a, to... it would be a, it would it doesn't do them any good. Let, let's let's live in the let's live in the world of what ifs for just for one second. <laughs> let's just what if Israel what did if? knock out John Jones? It would ruin their heavy. It would ruin like their their ability to say that John Jones is the goat. That John Jones is the, the best baddest man on the planet. You no, know, I yeah, baddest man on the planet. It's they there would ruin that. Yep. And then if John destroys Izzy. Everyone's going to say, why? Why'd you do it? Because Why'd now you, you have your 185-pound champ just get destroyed. It may never be the same after that. Yeah. And so it does. It, it just doesn't make any sense. For it doesn't the two work for you. Yeah, it doesn't no. work and for that's why promotion. The beef part, they can, look, Twitter means nothing. No. You know, go ahead. Tweet back and forth. Say nasty things. About, I don't care. You know, that's what you want to do. But it's never going to lead to you guys actually stepping foot and getting paid for a fight. You might fight on the street. You know, that's up to you. <laughs> I yeah. hope not. Don't fight for free. Uh-uh, don't fight for free. All right, next. All right, let's hop into this last one here. Um, From the past weekend at UFC 289, Miranda Maverick had posted on Instagram um, talking about being blind from the second round on um, and was worried during uh, during that round and during the fight for the, for, the third ra- for the third round at the end of round two, basically came out and... Um, uh, couldn't see so wanted to get your thoughts on you know john from the official standpoint like how does that happen how do they go back out there with like that and then um you know josh just any experience there that you want well, to share first off when she's saying that she was blind she's she's talking about one eye because if she was blind she wouldn't have been able to even square up with her opponent true so yeah. i'll believe and i'm not saying she's lying yeah I, left, I, left eye i believe that you know one of her eyes and this happens when you get hit you know, it, sometimes it's caused by an injury being a detet- detached retina. Uh, you take a shot, and your your retina gets torn, and trust me, it takes your vision away. You know, there's times when you get hit and you just don't see out of one of your eyes, and it's not. Sometimes it's you're completely blind. You really just don't. You know, sometimes it's the clarity of your vision goes away, mm-hmm. and it comes back later on. But you know, for you know. An official side, there's no way for any official to be able to tell when a fighter can't see out of their eye and there's no true injury that shows that it's being, you know, swollen shut or a cut is dripping into it or anything like that. You're not going to be able to tell. Look at Michael Bisping went through a lot of his career having a fake eye. Okay. So, you know, you take a look and you go, it's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of people out there, um, you know, what would Clay uh, from Indiana, he had one eye. Uh, there's a kid from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, Dre Miley. He's got one eye, you know, and they fight, and they fight well. You know, so having the problem is commissions normally don't like to license those people because they're afraid of their one eye being injured and they can't have a blind person fight. So for the officials in it, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to tell until Miranda says, I can't see. Yeah. When she says, I can't see, well, then they, be, you know, start to bring the doctors in and all those things. But, you know, it, this could be the reason why, 
you know, when we talked about her and her corner, you know, Elliot Marshall, you know, tell me you're not going to grapple. Well, it's a whole lot safer to grapple when you can't see than it is to stand up and fight when you can't see. So I can understand why she went into that grappling situation when he was telling her not to, because when you can't see grappling's a whole lot safer than it is to be out in the middle of the cage throwing shots. Yeah, in terms of fighting, we saw a little bit of it with Chris Curtis the other day. He's got blood in his eyes. It's blurry. It's like a halo of red. Like, it's it's really hard to see, to visually see. And then also, too, it can happen is <clears throat> with anything. It can be happen with a glob of Vaseline. I've had yep. corners put Vaseline on me, and then it's they've pushed it into my eye, and then all of a sudden my, my vision's completely blurred. Or you have Vaseline on, and then the guy hits you, and it rubs it right into your eye, and then you can't see. you got to try to wipe it out. And it never really truly gets out because it's like a grease base and it just, it never comes out. And so you're, you're fighting blind, not blind, but blurry, a lot, real blurry on one side and the other side, and then your depth perception gets off. So, I mean, she was able to continue fighting. It just didn't go her way. She had to make some adjustments. When we talk about having to make adjustments between rounds, that happens all the time. A lot of fighters just don't talk about it. And uh, I like her as a fighter. I think she's a fantastic fighter. I think she's got potential to do something. Um, you know, but, uh, there's no reason to come out. I think afterwards and say, just, Hey, I like, you know, I couldn't see, I mean, this is a situation where with Chris Curtis, we knew about it because he's like, yeah, he's like, I got blood in the eye. This night I got cut all these other things with her. I mean, it's kind of a little bit of an excuse on their performance. Should have left it. Went back to the drawing board. You know, what's wrong. You know, you knew what happened during that fight. Okay. Next time make the adjustments. I mean, it's very difficult to make adjustments between rounds because there's not as many rounds there is in boxing. Boxing, you can talk, start talking to your fighter around two, rounds five, rounds you know seven for yep. you to try to make those adjustments. You have plenty of time to sit them down. You've got nine, what, uh, 60 seconds to sit them down and chat with them for them to have to make the adjustments. In MMA, you get two times, you know, if you're fighting a three-round fight, you know, you, and so it, it's a big deal. It's when you have them there in front of you, you need them to pay attention. We need them to absorb that knowledge and say, Hey, I really need you to stop grappling. Well, you need to be, the other thing too is she needs to be up front with her corner. Yeah. Hey, I'm having problems with my vision on the right side. So then your coach says, Okay, well, look, if you're going to grapple then, then we need to set it up more with better strikes. Or we need to think about when you bounce them off the fence, sit them on the ground. If you don't tell your coaches, they can't make help you make the adjustments to mentally plant it into your head. Hey, don't just hang out on the legs against the wall, okay, and just get elbowed or you know need or or clinch and waste all your energy. No, no, no. Shoot the single, work up to the body lock. You know your corners are there to help you. You've got to let them know, even if you have to whisper in their ear. Hey, come here, come here, come here. I can't see out of the right eye. That's why I'm grappling. What don't you know? And they'll give you advice, but not telling them. That's a huge mistake. You've got to, you've got, as a fighter, you have to make those adjustments. You have them in your corner for a reason. Your corners are there because you believe in them. You trust them with ultimately your life to throw the damn towel in, to tell the ref to let it stop. There's a lot at stake when you're a fighter. You better have those corners, those people that are in your corner, they better be like family. They better be like your, you know, that next level of people you trust with your life because it, it can happen. So when your eyes blurry, you need to communicate with them. Hey, Having a problem out of the right eyes. Can't see very well. That's why I'm grappling. And the coaches should have made adjustments for you. So that's on you. You know, like standing after the fact, I put a little bit of a blame. It seems like an excuse to me. And whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. I believe it is true. 
but don't come afterwards. You know what's wrong. You know what happened. Make the adjustments now at camp. Talk to your camp about it. And uh, hopefully we see a better performance next time. Yep. Uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week's podcast. That's going to wrap us up. Don't forget Bellator is on Friday night. You get the PFL also on Friday night. You guys can flip back and forth to do whatever you guys need to do. And the UFC is on Saturday. So tune in. There's a lot of fights going on this week. We've got a lot of recap Ooh. coming on on Sunday when we get back from Chicago. Yes, you got something else. Did you see the Teofimo Lopez retired? No, I did not see that. He retired. When did he retire? Yesterday. Teofimo Lopez. Done. Wow. Retirement. I forgot to bring is that up. Is he really? I don't know. That's you know, it's one of those. Is he really? How, no, he retired. How old is he? How old is Announces he? Announces retirement from boxing after shutout win over Josh Taylor. Look at that. Boom. There it is. 25. You know what's... Jeez. Why would he retire? 25. I know. Yeah, and after shutout win, and two judges had it one fifteen, one thirteen shutout win. <laughs> it's like, well, I had I had he, it more of a shutout he, win. Yeah, I thought no, he, no, he, I, you know, he won on all cards, so I guess that's their shutout. But yeah, it should have been more. Yeah, yeah, it should have been more. Well, good for him, you know, man. I mean, did you see the? Did you see the fucking the Floyd Mayweather John Gotti DQ? No, it was hysterical. What happened? Hysterical. Dan, pull this up. Come on, pull it was this. hysterical. <laughs> Kenny Bayless, I don't want to say anything bad about Kenny. He's he's like the Floyd Mayweather re- exhibition bout referee. That's all he does. Is he goes around doing all of the exhibition bouts for him now. Mm-hmm. But he DQs them for verbal in the case. They won't stop. They won't listen to him. They, they're not listening to his admonishments. And at the sixth or sixth round or something of it, he stops the fight and DQs them both and then Gotti decides fuck you pushes him to the side and goes after Floyd and start, starts to fight more uh, it was hysterical alright what was this uh, on this one was removed <clears throat> for copyright so just FYI for YouTube watchers uh, I'm mm-hmm. not going to play this because we might get copyright strike but um, yeah, don't, don't play it but then. you guys can see well, it on MMA think, Junkie let me see look, 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 look at look at, look at the ring, man. it's too bad they're ringing Look, Kenny Bayless says, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Look at him. He's off to the right. He's leaving. He's the no, one that's the. This is, this is on, this is on uh, Sports uh, Sports Center's uh, uh, Instagram, Dave. You can pull it up. So you can show it on uh, off the Instagram, I believe. I mean, they put it up for public record. So. Yeah, Did you, do you see it's this on mainly Sports yeah. in, in, in the ring? Yeah. I just saw one on Twitter. It was pulled for copyright, so that's why I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I mean. And then I saw Gotti came out and said something. He's, he's a bitch. He's oh, God, Gotti that, came out so. and said, you know, you know, I'll hate you forever. He, he actually tried to pull Conor McGregor into it, saying, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen Sports Center's Instagram? Yeah. Uh, no uh, yeah, it's right here. there. It's right there. Uh, yep, I mean, where? Yeah, right there. Yep. Yep, that's the one. Look at, look at, he waves it off. Watch this, watch this, watch. Gotti goes, "Fuck you, get the fuck out of my way." Look at, he tries to yeah, get out of him. Goes after him. <laughs> look at, he's just standing there. <laughs> I don't think Floyd got hit one time in that exchange. He didn't. Oh, he didn't get hit man. one time in the fight. <clears throat> How much do you think he's making for these things? Three, four, uh, five, six, whatever eight? it is. It's way too much. 
because they it's got to stop. It's really got to stop. It's not entertainment. It's just it's a circus. Oh, John, it's, this is it's pretty Barnum entertaining. Barnum and Bailey, man. This is pretty entertaining. Well, uh, this this was this, this one was entertaining because the referee stops the fight, you know, yeah. and DQs them both, and then the, the God says no. He's and then when everyone gets in, I mean, dude, this thing gets huge. They get like 50, 60 people in the ring, and you'll see Kenny Bayless is the one getting out. <laughs> Good for him. Best. That's the best. Oh, man. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our talk for this week's uh, fights, and we'll have our pickups and uh, our recaps on Sunday coming at you guys. So I uh, hope Ooh, you guys yeah. enjoy this show, and um, make sure you guys tune in. John and I will be calling the first three fights. Is it three fights? Um, the first, first three, three fights on yeah. the YouTube for Bellator, and then we'll be doing the, the walkout fights if there is one or two of those, if there happens to be any. So John and I will be calling those cage side as well. So that will be fun for us. We were supposed to host the uh, <clears throat> the press conference, that got pulled from us because they have us uh, doing a lot of busy stuff this week <coughs> for Bellator. Uh, but hopefully you guys tune in Friday. The prelims will be on Bellator's YouTube, and the main card will be on Showtime. John, take us away, bud. You said that so <coughs> nice. Really nice. You're such a nice person. I just want you to know that. I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of how nice you are. You've just turned into this nice, nice person. Okay, I'm done. For everyone out there, enjoy the fight this week, and we will see you. 